Welcome to the Agile Strategy Lab podcast, where we explore what it means to view your organization, your company, or your community through the lens of agility and create a strategy that works in a rapidly changing world. I'm Liz Nilsson, the Associate Director of the Lab at the University of North Alabama. Today's episode, presented in collaboration with the Strategic Doing Institute, is number 20. Strategic doing, a process that helps groups form collaborations quickly, focus on promising opportunities, and start implementing immediately, got its start more than two decades ago in the world of economic development. It's since broadened to almost every domain and kind of organization. Anywhere there are people who realize that they need to find a way to get things done, even when there's no one that can truly call all of the shots. But in this episode, we return to strategic doing roots through hearing about the journey of one economic development organization. That organization, called Tex Americas, is in Texarkana, right on the border of Texas and Arkansas. It's a place where collaboration is not an option, it's an imperative. Eric Voiles, the president of Tex Americas, chose to use the strategic doing approach more than a year ago. One of the principles of strategic doing is that there are always plenty of resources to get started, even when it seems as if those resources are scarce. Eric and my conversation started by his explaining the truly Texas-sized asset that is the foundation of the work there. Tex-America Center is a state of Texas redevelopment authority, so we're a quasi-governmental entity like an airport authority. Our specific mission is to redevelop the 12,000 acres and over 3 million square feet of former military, or over 3 million square feet of former military property that uh, was part of the Lone Star Army Ammunition Plant and the Red River Army Depot. So uh, uh, Texarkana um, is uh, probably one of the most unique uh, MSAs in the country in that uh, the city itself um, is united by two state lines um, half of the uh, city of Texarkana is in Arkansas, which is a separate legal entity, and the other half of Texarkana is in Texas, which is also a legal, separate legal entity. But then when you draw the labor market around it, it picks up um, Oklahoma as well as Louisiana. So there is a need to understand the data from four separate states and coordinate between two to make anything happen really in the city of Texarkana. We are located especially on the Texas side. So we have a periphery need to, to uh, interact with all four states. Um, but, uh, but, but definitely, uh, Texarkana is probably one of the most unique metropolitan areas in the country. Uh, you know, in strategic doing, we talk a lot about uh, the, the way in which it's suited primarily for network challenges and situations where there's yeah. no one person that could tell everybody else what to do. And that really is, I mean, talking about getting states to think about doing anything together. I mean, that, that is truly kind of a network, you know, nobody gets to tell them what to do sort of situation. So. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Yeah. It sounds like for you, that's mostly part of thinking about talent. Yeah, that is the biggest piece that we have to coordinate from a, from a multi-jurisdictional standpoint with our organization is the labor force. Our labor force, because of where Texarkana is located, extends um, really uh, nearly an, an, an artificially long distance 
Uh, we are 160 miles from uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area, as well as the Little Rock area. We're 190 miles from uh, Fort Smith, and then we're uh, about 90 miles from Shreveport. Uh, that's the closest major labor market and resembles probably what most other communities deal with, with competing labor markets. So uh, that is maybe a 45-mile um, uh, labor market where... Uh, within that 45 miles that's closer to Texarkana, someone might choose to drive to Texarkana for employment versus going to Shreveport. But when you get up to 160 or 190, you're now looking at 75 to 80 or 85 to 90 miles before it makes more economic sense to drive one location versus the other. So our labor market is really about a 75 mile radius around Texarkana, as opposed to what is historically maybe a, a 30 to 45 mile radius for most metro markets. That's a big difference. Yeah. I mean, even out there, people aren't going to drive 90 miles, I'm guessing. So it's a it's a question of, of asking yeah, for, to relocate, right? Correct. And it's, it's a quality job issue. There are, there are of course, jobs in the communities that are, um, you know, at, at 50 miles from here that maybe have 5,000 people. You know, they're going to work at the gas station or maybe there's a logging uh, opportunity. But, you know, if, if, if you're a welder, if you're a CNC operator, if you're an electrician, if you're an engineer, you're going to drive back to Texarkana for those types of uh, job opportunities. Yeah. What you were just talking about, that's sort of the um, existing labor market. How does kind of the emerging labor market in the sense of retraining K-12, developing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah how does that play in? Well, we, we actually, um, the, the community just initiated a, uh, a new program. And some of that conversation, and I think the trust to move forward, came from conversations brought on by strategic doing. Um, we had our strategic, meaning Tex America Center strategic doing session, and it was more tactical oriented. Um, we've laid out a strategic plan of where we want to go, but now we're trying to get community buy-in to move forward with pieces. And so we thought we'd use strategic doing around that. We know that we have to uh, develop a, a better game plan for our rail. So we had a, a group working on rail. Uh, we know we need to have a better game plan for um, how we're going to get our properties to be shovel ready. So we had a group working on that. Uh, we know we needed to improve the, uh, the the quality of the building stock on our property. Most of our buildings were built in early 1940s. Um, and so we had a group working on that. And then um, through, uh, uh, through another table, we uh, started a conversation about labor and our targeted industries and do we have the skill base uh, and the training programs to meet the needs of what our target customers uh, would be. And so that was the, one of the other conversations. And um, we do a really good job at uh, touch labor. Uh, we, we produce a large number of welders, um, we produce a large number of people who do maintenance on industrial facilities here. So these kind of things that uh, um, are needed by the existing employers, they're in the market. We have that. But if we're going to try to move up the food chain for business attraction purposes, 
and bring in, say, advanced manufacturing, um, and we, we, we fit a lot of metal pieces together, well, what if we want to form those pieces before we either bolt them or weld them together? Then we need to have more uh, training programs around cutting, fabricating, bending, um, you know, just processing metal. Um, not from the not uh, not that it wouldn't be bad to process the metal um, from ore into metal, but I mean fabricating it, um, actually make malle uh, making it malleable to be able to attach to something. Um, and so that we are a little bit behind. We you know, we have a large number of people that are uh, machinists in the market, but really no training programs. So the employers that are using them are training their own people on the floor. So that became an awareness issue. We needed to make make the community aware that uh, we had a, a higher than um, average number of companies that needed these skills and that we had a large number of people and that the market for this skill base is growing, um, but it's only being focused into markets where there's existing training because companies no longer want to do the training. You know, our, our employers are kind of on the back end of this and doing it because they need to, but we're dropping in the terms of the number of companies that are here and the number of employees and our argument was that's because we don't have appropriate training in place to do that. And so through the uh, strategic doing process uh, where we had all of the educators at one table with some representatives from our uh, organization, we had this conversation around what targeted industries need and are we able to keep moving up that food chain? Um, and the answer was we can't unless we change the, the training programs and add more that allow us to attract, well, first retain the companies that we have, but then attract uh, leading edge employers in that will need this skill base and these training programs. And that in part led to a, a whole new training facility going up in our efforts last year to uh, pursue a, a grant through CARES to expand um, another training facility to uh, to move to kind of second level training um, in CNC and other robotics trainings, all of the anything that you can imagine might be um, advanced manufacturing, trying to grow that so that we have not uh, not introductory courses, but true um, certificate training programs associated with those. And I think a lot of that came out of that original strategic doing conversation last year. That's exciting. And uh, so when was that first workshop? That was, was before the pandemic. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that we had it in late January. And then we uh, began so right before, to have yeah. our, our follow-up conversation and really, really started pushing heavily at the expanded training center uh, all the way up until August when we were notified that we did not win uh, the grant. But uh, we've identified a backup. We've got an existing building um, that we would convert to allow the college to move into and uh, basically do it on a um, on a uh, profit sharing arrangement, which means if they don't earn any money, we don't charge any rent. I think a lot of what we did last time was uh, to, to help make sure that the community understood the direction we wanted to go and and help buy into that so that it it was it was more of a community effort it wasn't just tex america center building a building 
and you know identifying our ground and going through this we needed to start bringing the community into some of our planning processes and you know and listen to their feedback and you know one of the things that uh, that came out of the discussion was uh, we we did change course on what type of building we were thinking about building based upon input provided by uh, community members setting at, around the table so i mean e even though we thought we knew exactly what we wanted to do getting community input into uh, that um, really was was very beneficial so I, I know from that first workshop that the the outcome the pathfinder project that came out of that was was something much more modest well since we were already talking about you know the training programs we had and the training programs we didn't have uh, we launched into a new marketing program with a, an outside vendor, and it was very successful. Um, over the course of that, we developed about 22 leads that uh, were taking a hard look at the spec building um, that came out also came out of the strategic doing initiative. Um, and some of the more advanced manufacturers were saying that uh, they had to have um, a, a, a more enhanced training program. And so that led us to kind of pivot and dive directly into what can we do to help make that happen. And so um, pursuing um, the expanded facility on our footprint and putting certificate programs out here became, you know, kind of the, the focus um, of, of the activity. So it sounds like, uh, I mean, you've been able to be pretty agile, you know, that, that you were quickly able to see the gap fill that. Uh, and then most recently you find out you didn't get the grant. Well, we've got a plan, right? We're going to pivot immediately. We're not sort of throwing up our hands and saying, oh no, it's back to square one. Now what do we do? A absolutely. And, and that, to me, that's really the most interesting thing about strategic doing. It mirrors business decision-making where, um, you know, there should always be a, a, a plan B in place. You may not have pursued it aggressively, but if this doesn't work, how are we going to, how are we going to shift because the objective is to move forward, not achieve that one, that one idea. It's we have to keep moving forward. And so if, if your idea, if, if the objective is to always be moving forward, then the fact that one path doesn't work, you just become fluid and move to whatever the next best alternative is and keep moving forward again. That's to me, that's the, the absolute essential piece of strategic doing next what happens now for, um, for you and your work i know a lot of things have have transpired since you first started yeah, such, a, such a great question um so we're, we're trying to um land a couple of the uh, the projects that still remain out of the big marketing initiative from from last year uh we are completing the spec building um, we, we've moved to a process to review all of the property. Um, we're still trying to move forward with the, the rail. Um, we've, um, um, we are just, uh, just last week had our first conversation about what else, you know, what teased up next. And I think we're going to try to get together as a group and, uh, kind of do, a, an offsite retreat to think about what, what are all the things that we should do next? Is it another spec building? Is it running infrastructure to a, we have one large complex of buildings that are left 
that uh, could be retrofitted. Um, they're small, so they would never really work for attraction, but they'd be great for helping local businesses to grow. Um, we also um, have the potential to start a, a food grade business incubator. Uh, we've been calling it a food hub. Um, you know, do we want to move forward with that? I've got about 24,000 square feet of uh, space that could easily be converted to that. Uh, um, and a company that has a commercial kitchen that I'm meeting with the CEO next Monday to talk about expansion. And if he decides to move into a, a larger facility, I'll have a commercial kitchen plus places to put those food grade people. And so all of these things are kind of bubbling around. Um, another um, piece that we've started just uh, asking questions. Um, we've hired uh, one of the top um, engineers in the country for kind of understanding data center capability. And uh, so they have uh, done an analysis to come back and tell us um, what, uh, what a 400 acre track of ground that we have that's pretty remote, but actually utilities are all fairly close to it. And their initial analysis, it would be ideal for a hyperscale data center or business park. Where last year, last year when we went through strategic doing, we kind of knew we needed to add a building. We knew we needed to do some of this groundwork. I think we'll be using uh, the the concept this time to help us look at um, all of the options and prioritize which ones we should be pursuing. And we'll be asking the community to help us with that again, uh, because maybe there's something going on out there that they can share with us, so we better understand a need and bring more people in um, to make the, the efforts more successful. So that's that's kind of how I think we're gonna move forward. Um, but I, you know, we'll know more as we keep moving forward. That's that's the fun part, I think, with strategic doing, right? Uh, you've, it sounds like you've got lots of, you know, what could we do? And yes, so now the question absolutely. is, what should we do? And, it, and maybe last time it was, it was more self-evident and this time it really is an open question what what should we do the agile strategy lab is launching an online course called building an agile economy in it you'll be introduced to the same framework for economic development that we used with eric and have used with communities around the country the course starts march 1st to learn more about that or any of the other work we do helping organizations address complex challenges visit our website at agilestrategylab.org you can also email us through the website. Just look for the Contact Us button. Learn more about Strategic Doing at strategicdoing.net. See you next time.